This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter. And on Instagram at MicroRitter5 and also the host of the Football Function Podcast available on all of your podcasting platforms, including the one that you're listening to this podcast on and also Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience. But anyways, joining me on today's episode, you guys were introduced to him last week. He's going to be making his second appearance here on the WWE Podcast and covering SmackDown with me, John Carrasco. John, how you doing, bud? Did you enjoy this episode of SmackDown in comparison to last week? I know last week we kind of had a pretty eventful episode and all that. So did this week kind of live up to that? Uh, Yeah, well, thank you for having me back, though. Just mentioned that, by the way. But, yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. You know, I felt like it kind of tied into, like, a lot of things that are going to be going on, you know, future-wise and everything. So, yeah, it was definitely a good one. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, man. Glad to have you back for sure it's always good to have some company here i know matt appreciates it now that we're on a little bit of a, a tighter schedule getting to record immediately after smackdown goes off the air i know that the listeners appreciate that as well speaking of the listeners obviously I want to thank you guys for listening first and foremost if you're a first-time listener thank you for finding this podcast if you are a regular listener thank you for making this part of your weekly routine and i hope all of you will continue to do that as these episodes continue to drop because the smackdown review is going to be a little bit different going forward than it's been here in weeks past but Having said all that, I do want to get into something before we talk about this because we're very close to the Royal Rumble season, obviously. And because when you started watching wrestling, and I know that you're familiar with Kane, but yeah. you – I guess what I should say is there's some moments in his career that I really want to point you back to. Um, you saw likely the WrestleMania 20 card that I told you to go watch. When he had that match with The Undertaker, I'm not sure if you were able to, you know, get to watch that particular match on that card, but that was one of my more favorite ones. Also, Survivor Series 2003, that's always a pay-per-view that I reference fans and listeners to go watch if they missed the Ruthless Aggression era. That's another pay-per-view where that match that he had with Undertaker got started. The program got started, so I kind of always tie people back there to those pay-per-views. But during that time frame, Kane was just an unstoppable force, even the years before that, 2001, 2002 specifically 2001 though and that's the Royal Rumble that I want to get into and really just kind of point out how historic Kane is in this like this Royal Rumble match how how much of like a historical figure he is for number one he's never won it that's the most crazy mind-boggling thing he has never won the Royal Rumble match however in 2001 the one that I mentioned just a little bit ago he had 11 eliminations and I think that was the record if not Roman Reigns tied it a couple years back or maybe beat it. I'm not really sure. But for the longest time, 11 eliminations was the record. And in that same Royal Rumble, 2001, he was the runner-up. So he didn't win it, but he was the last guy to get thrown over the top rope, and he damn near won it. He's actually been involved in 20 Royal Rumbles. His first was in 1996, and his most recent was last year in 2021. So he's been in a lot. 
53 minutes and 46 seconds. So right under 54 minutes is how long he lasted in that 2001 Rumble match where he was basically just running rampant over everybody. He has 45 eliminations. That's the the highest among anybody in WWE history. Six eliminations in a row in that 2001 match. So, I mean, 20-year anniversary last year, no secret that he decided to show up. Hopefully he'll show up this year as well because if WrestleMania is the Undertaker's playground in his backyard where he had his undefeated streak, the Royal Rumble can kind of be Kane's. I mean, it sucks that, like I said, he never won it. He's definitely not going to win it going forward. It's not a Legends type of match to win. The Royal Rumble is a match where like an up-and-comer, somebody who you're really, you know, I guess, behind, who's somebody who you're comfortable to push and give them a title opportunity at WrestleMania for crying out loud. So it's obviously not going to be uh Kane or any other legend, Lita, for that matter, that we saw. She's going to be entering the Women's Royal Rumble match. You can book it. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. It's going to be a young, up-and-coming talent full-time, maybe not young. That could be somebody you know, like Seth Rollins or somebody who – well, obviously, Seth has a match at the Royal Rumble. But you know what I'm trying to say, just somebody like Seth on the card who's already established – and just needs that, I guess, storyline to get him to WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble is a good ticket. So I did kind of want to give Kane a little bit of a shout out there. I saw a stat or maybe it was just a graphic that had all those stats that kind of mentioned how big of a of an impact he's made on the Royal Rumble as a pay-per-view. And just it's a damn shame that after all these years, he never actually got to win it whenever he's considered as one of the best Royal Rumble competitors of all time. So have you been able to kind of go back and check out any Royal Rumbles um, on Peacock or anything like that? I haven't been able to go back and look at any any of those, mainly just like the stuff that you referenced uh, me to. So, yeah, I just try to go with like the like the flow of our conversations, you know, you know, try to stay on topic and everything like that. Just so just so I can be clear about it and everything. But if I was to go back and. Like I've told you this before, I'd I'd want to go back to the way back, yeah, beginning. yeah, you know, just to just to catch up on everything, you know, touch base. But Royal Rumbles, I understand, you know, they're a big deal. I mean, God, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's so many hours of worth of video on that, you know. So I'm guaranteed I'd have a good list of stuff to do. Yeah, because for the longest time, it was a men's only type of match. That's it. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a um, 30 men over the top rope battle royal. And the winner earned a spot in the main event at WrestleMania. Back whenever the brand split actually meant something and it was Raw versus SmackDown, you'd get to pick. All right, I'm going to go after the Raw champion or I'm going to go after the SmackDown champion. It was an automatic pass to switch brands. You could literally switch to the other show. I've seen it happen so many times. Nowadays, it doesn't matter. You could just, you know, wake up one morning and say, "Hmm, you know, I want to show up on SmackDown today. So that's what I'm going to do. We saw that happen Mm -hmm. today kind of with a few Raw guys actually showing up on SmackDown. But the Royal Rumble, it actually meant something. You know, there was – there was something at stake, and I mean there still is. You still get that main event opportunity. I mean it's still a very, very important thing, but it's been going on for so long. I mean like I said, for the longest time it was men's only. I was actually at the very last men's only Royal Rumble pay-per-view in San Antonio, Texas at the Alamo Dome 2017. Randy Orton ended up winning that one. It was a damn good time, the, the first actual like TV event that I went to. And that just completely reminded me of something that obviously I'm going to have to tell the listeners here in a little bit. But that was the very first actual TV event that I went to, not like a a live event where they came to Amarillo or like a local place like Canyon or anything like that. Like it was actually a TV event, the Royal Rumble for, you know, 
for Christ's sake. That's literally my favorite event. Like, yeah, I mean, WrestleMania is badass, obviously, but the Royal Rumble, I mean, it's self-explanatory. You don't need to see anything. You don't need to watch a video package hyping you up, catching you up on what's happened weeks leading up to their match. You can very clearly see, okay, 30 people, somebody's coming out every 10 seconds, the crowd's ch- – or every like minute and a half, whatever it is, the crowd's chanting from 10 to 1 with that suspense, who's this guy going to be? Who's going to come out next? And it's just that excitement because it's always, all right, who's next? Who's next? It's it's one of the more badass matches in the entire year. Only happens once. If we're lucky, it only happens once. A couple of years ago, they had one in Saudi Arabia, which was called the quote-unquote greatest Royal Rumble, and they had 50 people. It's just not the same. It's 30-man Royal Rumble once a year. But anyways, that's here in a couple of weeks. I didn't. I don't want to kind of jump the gun too much, but I wanted to kind of catch you up. Obviously, wanted to give Kane a shout out, and that kind of just gets me talking. And I had to. I, I was curious if you had seen any pay per views, any Royal Rumble pay per views, that is. But and then I really just kind of wanted to explain it to you and how. I mean, it really is. Yeah, obviously, it's a big deal. But once you watch this year's and you actually know who the superstars are, like you're actually invested as a fan. Like you're not watching mm-hmm. as like a casual fan. That's whenever you're really going to be like, damn, this is, uh, this is definitely keeping my attention. It's exciting for the whole time. I mean, they usually last like a little bit over an hour. It's a long match. Like the pay-per-view itself lasts like three or four hours, but the Royal Rumble match lasts about an hour. And keep in mind, there's two because there's a women's match and there's a men's match. But anyways, we'll go ahead and put the Royal Rumble on hold and we'll talk about that here in a couple of weeks as more people start to qualify and announce their entry. And then we'll get into all that good stuff. We're going to talk about the SmackDown, however, that aired on January 21st, 2022 from Nashville, Tennessee. There was actually a patron of the show, one of the more popular names here on the show, Casual Wrestling Fan. That's his actual, you know, his, I guess his ring name here on the WWE podcast. He calls into the mailbag weekly and, um, he was in attendance here at Nashville, Tennessee, which reminds me. So shout out to Casual Wrestling Fan number one, but that reminds me. Then I got to tell the listeners that here in a couple weeks, not this week, obviously, the one that was in Nashville, and not next week. I'm not really sure where that one is, but the week after that, the February 4th edition of Friday Night SmackDown in Oklahoma City, I'm actually going to be there in attendance. So I'm excited, number one. You guys remember I went to the SmackDown in July in Houston, Texas. The first event with full stadiums and the, the fans being allowed back and they were out of the Thunderdome and all that good stuff. So that was that was pretty cool. But I will say I was like sick as hell. I'm not sure if you guys really remember that. I came on and I had a, a SmackDown review with Matt after that and my nose was really stuffed up. It was just a, a pretty crappy experience, I guess you can say, just from flying and all that stuff. I mentioned my nose or my ears not wanting to pop. That was just terrible. It was, it was a terrible experience. So this one's going to be different. Number one, we're not flying, so I don't got to worry about the ears popping situation. Driving to Oklahoma City is a lot better than flying to Houston. I can promise you that. But anyways, just wanted to kind of let you guys know that. So John will likely be holding down the fort for me in his first solo episode here in a couple weeks. So we're going to try to get him into the swing of things, get him up to speed on how we do things here. And that way he'll be able to do it all by himself that one episode. And, you know, you guys definitely can give him feedback. And speaking of that, he's going to be listening to the mailbag episode. He doesn't have social media right now. We're going to kind of address that here in a little bit. So for now, if you want to give him any feedback, and that's definitely going to be appreciated, send that to the mailbag. Send it to Matt, and we'll be checking that out. But definitely feedback is welcome. Keep in mind, he's get, he's getting his feet wet here and all this podcast stuff. So, I mean, he definitely – any criticism, any 
you know, positive, negative feedback, whatever it is. I mean, you know, he could take it. He's not a a thin skin, anything like that. You know, he could definitely handle criticism and all that stuff. So any 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 criticism, any feedback is definitely welcome. You know, we just want to know kind of how we're doing here, how you guys like this new format. So definitely send it into the mailbag because that's definitely how you're going to be able to uh to get a hold of us there. But anyways, are you ready? Do you have any questions or anything like that? Or are you ready to go ahead and dive in to this smackdown that happened here on uh, January 21st? Oh, yeah, I'm ready to get it started. Uh, like I said earlier, it was pretty interesting show and everything like this. So let's, yeah, let's dive in. All righty. Well, we can go ahead and start it with how the show started, and that is the Usos. They came out to the ring, and they introduced Roman Reigns. And then they showed a video package of, let's see, some of Roman Reigns' more successful moments during his 508-day tenure as a universal champion, and they're really starting to remind us of what that number is. Every week they're starting to tell us he's been champion for this many days and this many days. I don't really know what that is if they're trying to just tell us, okay, he, he's setting a specific record. We're going to know exactly how many days it is so they can take the championship off of him or if they kind of want to just remind us here at, I guess, uh, late January what the what the number count is. And then here in a couple months at WrestleMania, whenever there's a possibility he loses it, I mean, eventually he's going to lose it and the number's going to snap. So I think they're maybe just trying to remind us, hey, this is at a really high number here. And uh at some point, it's going to be snapped. But, I mean, I don't know. This thing could probably get up to like 700 days. I mean, he's been champion since you've been watching wrestling, right? Oh, yeah. Uh Definitely since – I'm not even sure the exact day. But, yeah, since I've been watching it, he's been holding it down. And I think he had it for a year already since you started watching wrestling. If I'm not mistaken, he won it around the SummerSlam before, like summer, like SummerSlam 2020, I think it was. And then uh, obviously you came in about a year later, but still, I mean, Roman Reigns, it just seems like second nature now. But if you didn't know that Roman Reigns had a lot of successful moments here in these 508 days, the Usos were going to remind you, and that's exactly what that video package does. It even dated back to like seven years ago. They were highlighting whenever Seth Rollins made his turn, impacted the WrestleMania 31 decision. The video package was really insightful, and Seth Rollins even acknowledges that whenever he comes out, because that's right, Seth Rollins, Raw's Seth Rollins, comes out, and he decides to join the party. But Seth tries to turn the spotlight onto the Usos and acknowledges that they're actually the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team Champions at 187 days. Were you aware of that? I was not. I'm, it, it was kind of crazy that, you know, it's been about the same time, I believe, that they both got the championships. I yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was around the same time. Roman won his first, mm-hmm. and whenever the bloodline became official, we knew it was only a matter of time before they got those Tag Team Championships on the Usos and kind of kept all the gold, so to speak, in mm-hmm. one faction. Anytime you do that, it just makes the faction itself seem stronger. And I, I definitely was on board with that. And the fact that they've made it all, like every championship in that faction, even though it's really only two, but I mean, there's three total champions. They've all had them for a long period of time. And that's kind of, that's the right way to do it. So I'm a fan of that. But anyways, let's see. Oh, one other thing that happened here, I will say, and I know this really isn't too, too impactful for you given that you weren't watching whenever the shield was actually a thing and all that stuff but seth rollins actually mentions john moxley he actually says me and quote-unquote mox whenever he was referencing them doing stuff and basically holding roman reigns hand along the way in his career and that was crazy i actually had to rewind and make sure that's what he said i had to show my roommate i mean this was this was wild i I was pretty surprised to see that and um, it just makes the speculation even more 
that there's a possibility that WWE could be involved with AEW in some way, shape, or form here at the Royal Rumble, maybe have a surprise entrant or two. It was already mentioned and no pun intended acknowledged last week that when Seth Rollins was doing the Shield stuff and they showed a video package last week, they showed Dean Ambrose's face. Like they actually showed him there and they haven't done that in the past. So it's just one thing to kind of get you thinking, you know, fans that like conspiracy theories or actually like to think that maybe something is coming that might not be or just to get their hopes up. You know, I mean, I, I would love to see John Moxley formerly known as Dean Ambrose. He was around whenever I started watching wrestling again. So I'm, I'm very familiar with him. He's doing a hell of a job. He actually made his in-ring return, like you pointed out tonight, AEW Rampage, which is also covered here on the WWE podcast. I believe it is by, I know Dynamite is covered by Mimi Burris. She's one of the longtime uh, hosts here. Ashley Mann, another co-host. The more you listen to the WWE podcast, the more you will be familiar with all the hosts here. There is a handful of us. But anyways, AEW Rampage is a show that airs on Fridays, and it's kind of not necessarily competition with SmackDown because they don't air at the exact same time. But every now and then, if you pay attention, there's some pretty badass stuff that happens on Rampage. So there's like, I mean, who is it? CM Punk made his return on a Friday night AEW Rampage. I literally didn't record my SmackDown review until the next day because that broke the internet. Like literally, there would there would be no point in me recording SmackDown. Like I literally felt like that Fresh Prince meme. Where Will is kind of just standing in the house by himself, nobody there because everybody else was like, you know, focused more on AEW. I was like, all right, I'm just going to let that kind of let that simmer down a little bit. I'm going to hop on the SmackDown review in the morning. I feel like that might have been the the right decision there. But I kind of just wanted to point that out that Seth Rollins actually mentioned that he definitely had to get the green light. Seth Rollins isn't the kind of guy that's going to, you know, go beyond or go behind creatives back or the producers back or anything like that he's a company guy he's definitely going to follow the rules and all that stuff so that's exciting for me i'm excited to see kind of what happens there but seth um he then proposes that he finds a tag team partner and uh, him and his partner take on the usos and if they beat the usos tonight on smackdown then the usos are banned from ringside at the royal rumble and while roman reigns is pondering it Jay Uso actually spoke up and accepted the challenge himself and then tells Seth Rollins that nobody is crazy enough to actually tag with him. And then out comes another Raw superstar, Kevin Owens. And as they accept, and it's all, you know, pretty much set in stone that we're going to have this tag team match, Roman Reigns insists that they raise the stakes a little bit. And he tells Seth Rollins to put his championship match at the Royal Rumble on the line. And Seth obviously accepts. So now there are some Royal Rumble championship implications here involved in this main event tag team match that we're going to get because if the Usos win obviously Seth Rollins he's not going to have a championship match at the Royal Rumble he likely would have just entered the match itself and went on to have that match at WrestleMania if he ended up winning it but Roman Reigns says this says himself I would love a vacation until Royal Rumble or until WrestleMania so if my cousins win this match and you don't have your, your you know your opportunity at Royal Rumble I'm not defending it against anybody else I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit on my you know what and I'm just going to enjoy this paycheck that's going to come in until I have to inevitably defend this championship at who or at WrestleMania against whoever wins it. Because, you know, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, they have to be going for Roman Reigns. I mean, it just makes sense. Why would you not go for the top guy, you know, no matter what's going on, no matter who he's feuding with? And I know Raw is the A show right now, but still, 
the money is Roman Reigns. That's the matchup that, I mean, if you win the Royal Rumble and you say, all right, I get a chance to take on the top guy at the main event of WrestleMania, why would you go for the secondary champion? You know, like, why would you go for the guy that, I mean, I know the WWE Championship's an important championship. Like, I'm not trying to degrade that and belittle that championship. I know how important it is. But it's not on Roman Reigns' shoulder, and that's the guy right now. So I just feel like no matter what, no matter what happens, I know SmackDown's kind of been a little bit below Raw here lately since the WWE draft, which they're kind of throwing out the window lately. But since the draft and the Raw roster got stacked, SmackDown's kind of been coming in second place here and really falling behind Raw. And I think that maybe if the Royal Rumble winner can come over to to SmackDown and feud with Roman Reigns, then it might be a little bit more interesting, might provide some juice to the blue brand and give us a little bit more, you know, things to look forward to, I guess, in WrestleMania season as we get closer there. But so we do get this match, this tag team match. It is announced that it's going to be the main event. Were you looking forward to this one? I mean, I was just strictly because I don't get to see Seth and Kevin Owens wrestle that much. As you know, I'm not really a, a weekly watcher of Raw these days. So anytime I get to see Seth and Kevin Owens compete, it's it's like, all right, obviously, I'm pissed off about the brand split. I want the I want them to stay true to their rules. But I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm I am excited to get to see this this matchup here with the Usos versus Seth and Kevin Owens. So, what did you think about this match being announced and the stipulations behind it? Uh, I thought it was a good little like feud, I guess you could say. Uh, especially seeing like Kevin Owens come out. I mean, I kind of figured that it was going to be him just because of what's going on on the raw side, you know. Like I said, uh, you don't pay attention to it, but yeah, like they they've been doing a little bit of their tag teamings on their side, you know, against like Bobby Lashley, Big E, all that stuff that happened. But it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm kind of like getting on the side of like the brand split with you, just because it's starting to like become too involved with each other yeah it's confusing you know? dude it makes it muddies yeah. the waters you know i like i like things to be structured you know i like there to be a little bit of balance and it actually makes sense because dude that's why i want you to go back and watch the ruthless aggression era because you can see a brand split be done the right way where if you because like all right I'm, the people who are longtime listeners of this show they're going to hear me repeat this i'm not sure if you know this and new listeners it's going to be a, a little bit of new insight to you as well but I didn't have SmackDown as a kid. I only got to watch Raw. Like whatever cable provider, whatever system we had when I was a kid, we that's all I got to watch. And my dad wasn't forking up the cash to buy the pay-per-views because there wasn't a WWE network where you paid $10 a month and you got all this, you know, good stuff. You had to actually pay like 50 bucks to watch a pay-per-view. So my dad was like, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. There were, there was a few pay-per-views that I would get to watch, you know, and it was actually, you know, pretty, badass times and like wrestlemania pretty much every year we got wrestlemania almost every year we got the royal rumble but there was some pretty good uh pay-per-views like that's why i always mention survivor series 2003 because that was like at my at the height of my wrestling fandom and that was one that broke my heart that i didn't get to watch because not only was i excited for it going into the pay-per-view didn't get to watch it it was a sunday so i was likely at home on a school night being bored and the next day, I actually, you know, find out how badass the pay-per-view was that it lived up to the hype or lived up to the hype. It was in Dallas, Texas. Like, man, I'm, I'm attached to that pay-per-view. I will say that. But anyways, but I'm definitely a big fan of, of the structured brand split. I just feel like that's the right way to do things. And there's so many benefits that come from it. But anyways, we can go ahead and move on here to another thing that happened. This is a rematch from last week. We get Kofi Kingston versus Madcap Moss. Now remember, Madcap had Baron Corbin in his corner last week. He has Baron Corbin in his corner this week. It's nothing new. 
but this time Kofi Kingston has a little bit of backup. Former WWE champion and current Raw superstar Big E comes out. And this is what Michael Cole actually has the balls to say that the Royal Rumble being so close, quote unquote, is why all these Raw superstars are coming over. Like, what's that matter? Like, seriously, the Royal Rumble being close, so it's like, well, we're, we're two weeks away, so we might as well just have this little bit of grace period or like this tampering period, I guess you can say, where superstars can go from brand to brand. And I know we just kind of got off the brand split stuff, but I have it right here in my notes that the Michael Cole, he mentioned that. So I had to point it out here on the show because every now and then, They'll actually give you like a stupid excuse as to why they break their own rules, but most of the time they don't. They'll just act like we forgot that there's a brand split. They're not going to say nothing. Oh, well, you know, just forget it. They don't really, they don't really think you're smart enough to put, you know, the pieces together. They just think you're going to be happy with what you're being fed. But anyways, this match really isn't very long. It's actually pretty quick. Kofi Kingston wins with a trouble in paradise and then Big E steps in the ring and hits Madcap Moss with your favorite move. The big ending right in front of his partner, Baron Corbin. So a little bit of a uh, revenge, I guess you can say, getting some redemption from last week whenever Madcap beat Kofi Kingston. And it was because they, I mean, they were getting, ro- uh, Kofi Kingston was getting roasted by the happy folks in the ring. And that was kind of the case again this week. And then Kofi comes out this time and he has backup and they were able to get the last laugh. So brand split rule breaking aside. Were you happy to see this outcome last week? Did it feel – I mean whenever I saw Madcap beat Kofi Kingston last week, I thought that felt more believable than this week, Kofi Kingston getting the win. I know Big E was there, but there really wasn't any interference or at least none that actually made a difference in the match. He just lost. So, I mean do you think that this was the right move, giving Kofi Kingston a win and making it somewhat even? Um, I, I don't really see like what's the purpose of it. You know, It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm on the Madcap train, so me seeing him lose a night, well, it wasn't too high on it. Uh, his outfit. Yeah, the suspenders. I don't get it. Well, I mean, the suspenders is cool, but the shorts? What are you doing, dude? But it, He's just yeah. showing off those quads, man. He's I just know, trying to yeah. show off the thighs, but I agree. I mean, be over there. Oh, chiseled body. Get off. Yeah. What <laughs> was... Yeah. What was his uh, outfit before that? I'm trying to think because I honestly can't remember because I, I noticed that today too that he was wearing oh, the shorts with the suspenders. It's basically the same thing, you know. He comes out with the suit but without the the shirt, I guess you could say. You know, suspenders on, no shirt, pants, slacks, I guess you could say, and then the dress shoes. So do you so remember I mean, whenever he was? Do you remember whenever he was called Riddick Moss? Not, no, definitely not. Yeah, he used to be called Riddick Moss for a little bit. He was over on Monday Night Raw, and then he got drafted over here. And I think his name was Riddick Moss for a little bit. And then Corbin is actually the one who introduced him as Madcap. And I still, to this day, I have no idea, like, why? Like, Matt, like, what the hell is Madcap? But we can go ahead and continue on here with something else that happened. And since we just talked about a rematch that happened last week, let's go ahead and talk about another rematch that happened this week. Natalia versus Aaliyah. They actually showed Summer Ray in the crowd. Did you see her? I know you're not familiar with who she oh, yeah. is, but they pointed her out in the crowd. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb actually has footage of her getting tackled, um, like ringside because we got front row seats here in Amarillo and her mm-hmm. and Lana. Which you, I'm not sure if you even know who Lana is, but her yeah. and Lana, they're, they're blondes, you know, they had a little bit of a cat fight. And Caleb had some footage of him chanting, like, 
you know, for Lana to kick Summer Rae's ass. And Lana actually retweeted it, and it was pretty cool. Just Caleb got a lot of tweets for that, and it was just here in Amarillo. So anytime I see Summer Rae, because that was kind of like one of the more introductions to her that I saw. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show Total Divas either, but it kind of highlights the women and their life outside of wrestling. Definitely feel like it'd be up your alley, but <laughs> Summer Rae and Natalia have a little bit of an altercation on the show like where they're in a car, and they're literally like, about to get in a fight and Natalia's trying to pull her out and like get in a fight with some race so there are some pretty cool scenes in total divas or at least that's what my friends have told me but anyways Natalia does get disqualified from this match for refusing to stop kicking Aaliyah whenever Aaliyah was in the corner of the ring and then after the match she continues her attack until Zaya Lee comes out and saves the day and Natalia runs away. That's pretty much all it was here. I mean, they wanted to get a little bit of a rematch, I'm guessing, with Natalia and Leah. But also remind you guys, hey, don't forget, we have Zia Lee. I know that we haven't been utilizing her maybe in the past few weeks. We hyped up her debut. She finally showed up for the Raw that was in Los Angeles. I remember that very vividly. And we haven't really seen her very often. So this is what I'm talking about. Their divisions might be deep sometimes. And then you just don't see any of these people, so they don't see deep, seem deep because you're seeing the same women every single week. Like, like for instance, here on SmackDown, we're seeing Natalia, Aaliyah, Sonya Deville, Naomi, Charlotte. Every week, that's pretty much it. We all know what happened to Tony Storm, just missing out of nowhere. That's a very popular SmackDown women's wrestler that's just gone. And that just kind of continues to happen. Where's Shotzi Blackheart? You know, like, where the hell is she at? I mean, it's been a while since I've seen her make an appearance. So... It's just like, I mean, I don't know if some of these people are taking time off, but Zia Lee making her return this close to the Royal Rumble, no coincidence. She is definitely going to be entering in the Royal Rumble. I, d- I doubt she's going to win it, but it's hard to predict the women's, honestly, because they've only had it for a few years. You really don't know exactly the trends or the directions that they're going to go because Charlotte's going to be in it. Like, I could see them wanting to, because I mean, keep in mind, she has all these championship reigns. I could see them wanting to have a Royal Rumble on her resume. So why not just give her the win right now? I could see them kind of going that direction, but it would be pretty stupid in my opinion. They have done it before. Whenever Roman Reigns entered the Royal Rumble, I believe it was, and he defended his championship. And Triple H ended up winning it. That that Royal Rumble was pretty crazy, actually. But anyways, I guess uh, before I got too off topic... Zia Lee makes her return tonight, saves the day, and likely going to be entering in the Royal Rumble. But is there anything you have to add on that one, that little segment there that happened? Uh, not too much. I mean, I'm t- I, I'm I'm into her little role though, that little protector role that they're giving her and everything. You know, I mean, yeah, the way that she comes out and everything, she kind of reminds me of like a like a Mortal Kombat character that you, you know you just wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, a little bit of like a comic book theme. It's mm-hmm. definitely more pleasing for like the the viewer watching at home more so as, oh, like yeah. in person because casual wrestling fan actually mentioned in the discord server which is the group chat that we have for patrons here of the wwe podcast and he was actually mentioning how i mean he was kind of laughing that he didn't see the, the graphics and they were kind of saying what someone else said what the hell was going on with those graphics he didn't see it so she was act- actually just out there punching air if you're like in the in the actual crowd you're like wait what the hell is she doing but Anyways, I guess we can go ahead and move on to something that we've both been talking about, or I guess before we get there, we can get to this tag team match, because I was I was about to jump the gun here and get to Charlotte and Naomi, but before we get that, we'll talk about a tag team match, Los Lotharios versus the Viking Raiders, and the only notes I have here, because this match wasn't very 
exciting. I mean, it wasn't very long or anything like that. I wasn't a huge fan of this one. If you did, hey, no, hey, I'll go ahead and I'll let, I'll give you the floor here. I will, but I'll, I'll, I will say there was a unique double power bomb. It was a type of double power bomb where like, where he did the cross body, like as if you're going to take somebody out of the cross body and he caught him, right? So he's laying across his chest and then the other Viking Raider threw the other Los Lothario, not really sure which one it was, in like the power bomb position. So he had one dude across his chest. The other dude was like sitting on his shoulders or his legs were on his shoulders, but that dude's ass was on the other Los Lothario that was cross body. I mean, you can kind of picture exactly what it is. And he does that power bomb, which led to Humberto Carrillo getting the Viking experience. And that's how the Viking Raiders get the win here to kind of continue their momentum that they've been building. Uh, so I'm guessing you disagree with me. Did, were, you, were you a pretty big fan of this match? What happened or what was your perspective on it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of liked how, like, how you're explaining that little uh, slam that they had. That's, you know, something that you don't always see, you know, so it kind of brought some more excitement to the table. And everything. Yeah. And plus, I mean, Raiders fan here. So, I mean, they kind of remind me of, like, some Raiders fan that you'd see in the Black Hole. So I'm definitely on their little side of everything, you know. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't actually connect that, that they actually look like Raiders, you know, that they're the yeah. Viking Raiders, but they also kind of look like Vikings, too. So which side are they joining there? Because there's two right. teams, Viking Raiders, they just really couldn't decide which one that they wanted to support. So they said, screw it, we're, uh, we're going to combine them. But I agree, the Viking yeah. Raiders, they do have probably the best tag team wrestling in the company right now. They really do. Yeah, I feel like they should be, like, moving into a better direction rather than fighting the Los, uh, Los Darios, you know, just because... I feel like they're at the bottom, you know, and Viking Raiders are kind of like slowly gaining some momentum, I guess you could say. They won that number one contenders match last week, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're going to get that opportunity with the Usos, and I'm calling it, dude. The Viking Raiders are going to take those championships off of the Usos. They mentioned their longest reigning – I mean, because they, they've already done it, right? They've already got the longest reigning championship title reign in those right. SmackDown Tag Team Championships history. They pointed that out for a reason. Why else? I mean – like championships aren't men and i know that like i just earlier in the episode hyped up a, a faction having championships all of them together for a long time well it has been a long time all right you can't have all of them for this this long it's not that it's not that crazy to think about the usos losing the championships to a team like the viking raiders who like you said arrow pointing up they've been ascending especially the last few weeks last week in particular winning that fatal four-way they come back here a week later, get another win. They're trending in the right direction, so I would not be, or I wouldn't be surprised if the Viking Raiders are that team who ends up dethroning the longest reigning champs, that being the Usos. But we can go ahead and move on to that thing I was talking about a little bit earlier. I jumped the gun. Naomi versus Charlotte, and this one played out almost exactly like you would expect. Sonya Deville, she shows up, she tells Charlotte, or not Charlotte, she tells Charles Robinson, who's the referee. To take his shirt off, literally, and she puts the referee shirt on, so you guessed it, she is the special guest referee, and the fix is in, because immediately Charlotte cheap shots Naomi to start the match, and I mean, she puts a beat down on her, however, Sonya accidentally gets knocked out of the ring, conveniently at the same time that Naomi starts to get a little little bit of momentum, she hits Charlotte with the rear view, and gets the pinfall, and she has her pin for like six seconds before Sonya Deville even like did anything. She was just standing there refusing to count. And then the momentum gets switched again somehow whenever Charlotte clips Naomi in the back of the leg. And then um, she puts her in the figure eight. Naomi didn't tap out. She was like obviously in pain. 
but she didn't submit yet, and Sonya Deville rang the bell, and she ended the match. So absolutely screwing her over. Worse than she has in recent weeks, arguably worse than she has ever. I mean, it's to the point now to where, like, I mean, come on. We got to do something here, and I believe the WWE management actually feels the same way. Because Adam Pierce is backstage with Eric Bischoff, who is the top hill from the Ruthless Aggression era when you're talking about management people, you know, like authority figures. He was the general manager of Raw. I literally saw this dude on a weekly basis on Monday nights being that a-hole that was, you know, ruining my night most of the time. I mean, he was, he was so good at his job. Not only that, but he was behind WCW. And I've referenced being a WCW guy on this show. So my most favorite eras in wrestling, whether you call it the, the late 90s in WCW or the Ruthless Aggression era here when I was a fourth, fifth grade kid, they all include Eric Bischoff as the guy who's pulling the strings. And I pay attention to that. He's the common denominator. So I have the utmost respect for this guy. I feel like if he were to come back to WWE – it would be such a good move, and I feel like it would go in the right direction, especially if you actually committed to the brand split and you just let him run one roster and you let somebody else run another. And Like they kind of hinted at letting Paul Heyman be in this role in the past. It didn't work out for whatever reason, but I just feel like Eric Bischoff, you know, having control of one brand as that general manager would be pretty cool. But anyways, I kind of just wanted to introduce you to who he is, who that older guy was in there with Adam Pierce. I know you probably were just kind of like, who is this guy? Well, if you just whenever you get a little bit familiar with uh with the recent eras, you will know who Eric Bischoff is and uh you're gonna wanna see him get his ass kicked, I promise you that. But anyway, Sonia Deville walks up, she's a little bit surprised to see Eric Bischoff there. She didn't really know he was going to be there. But Adam Pierce actually tells Sonia that the way she's been acting is unacceptable and that he is going to suggest to upper management that Naomi and Sonia have a match next week. Now what the hell is the difference between tonight and the past three months? Like, all right, so well, so what's tonight the final straw? You know, like what the like what happened was her taking the shirt off the referee. Like, you know what? That's just uncalled for. I'm calling up her management. We're getting a match set up next week. Like, are you kidding me? She's been tormenting Naomi for the past few months, and this is what it took for you to finally do something about this. And just the look on Sonya Deville's face. Like, I was I was in my kitchen when this happened, but I was still kind of paying attention in there when I was like seeing Eric Bischoff. And as soon as that happened and I saw Sonya Deville just walk away all sad, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really hope Naomi kicks, you know, the living you-know-what out of her next week. And I really think that there's a chance that it's going to happen. I really hope so. I think that – um I mean they're going to – it's the last SmackDown before the Royal Rumble. So that's something to kind of keep in mind there. And I don't know. It's it, It's just crazy because I feel like this – it's been going on for so long that I can't see the blow-off happening on a SmackDown. That's what kind of confuses me. Like I was confused whenever he said next week we'll have the match. I was like, so a day before the Royal Rumble? Like why not just wait 24 more hours, put it on the card? This is a pay-per-view worthy like blow-off, a payoff I guess is a better word to say. that. Like the the ending to this program, although it is late and maybe should have happened a while back, you know, kind of drug this thing on, played it out. It's kind of been, you know, running in place, hasn't really been progressing. She's been doing the same things as coming out becoming the the timekeeper the special guest referee the special announcer and just getting involved in some way shape or form been running in place here for the past month i'm glad that it finally took a little bit of a turn and it looks like naomi might finally have to pay for this so did it kind of play out like you expected are you excited for this match next week and do you want to see sonya deville get her ass kicked 
Oh, yeah, I'm definitely excited for this. Um, like you said, it's been going on for a good amount of time, so you, you know, had a good amount of time to follow that little storyline that they got going. So, yeah, um, I feel like the Adam Pierce thing, you know, definitely took off her, took that jacket away from her, you know, the one that's been protecting her this whole time. So I'm definitely, <clears throat> definitely excited to see. Uh, oh no, I'm kind of on the fence on this, you know, because I'm kind of, you know, since everything's been going on, I'm kind of starting to feel like the the Sonya Deville part, you know, you know, she's been hiding, but I feel like she's gonna bring something to the table that's not expected, you know. But other than that, I mean, it's been pretty good line, I guess you could say. But yeah, Sonya's actually had a pretty good wrestling career. Now I know that you, when you started watching wrestling, she was already. I don't know if she was back in this management role or she was still taking time off, but there was like a weird stalker incident where she was being stalked literally like her, like in real life, some crazy psychopath was like following her to her house and like all that good stuff. So she took a, a not good stuff, literally, but <laughs> they, uh, she literally took time off from wrestling for that. Like, and she has not been an in-ring competitor since then. And I don't really know what the difference is from being an in-ring competitor to just being you know, a backstage personality, I guess the stress and the actual, you know, work that it takes to be an interim competitor. You have to work out in the gym. You know, you have mm-hmm. to be really in shape. You have to take care of your body. You have to get your body, you know, in ring shape. Like that's a real thing. You can't just go out there and take a bump and be all right after not doing it for five months. You can't just go run the ropes and think that your skin and your body is just going to take that lightly. You actually have to get in that. Go look at Randy Orton. Somebody's been wrestling for his whole life. Whenever he takes time off and he's running in ropes, he'll post pictures of what his ribs look like. And they're just red. It looks like a crazy rash mixed in with some bruises. It's not a good thing. So maybe all this time she's been getting herself ready behind the scenes for a match. And here lately, like she hasn't been quite ready. So they've kind of been teasing it, you know, letting her have a quote unquote one on one match with Naomi. And then Shayna Baszler ends up getting involved, really doing the majority of the of the workload in that match so maybe her time is coming it could be as soon as next week i don't quite know yet i think that it's still i think they're going to keep doing it to us i think they're going to continue to kind of drag it out they're going to have this match they're going to get out there she's going to be in her ring gear they're going to ring the bell and she'll take the count out and she'll do that and she'll be like whatever you know is a count out loss in that case adam pierce might walk up to her and say all right well, you cannot do that, Sonia. So tomorrow night at the Royal Rumble, you are going to be facing mm. Naomi in a no disqualification, no count out match. And that's when Naomi's going to beat the living hell out of her, whether it's kendo sticks, whether it's a steel chair, trash can. There's many weapons, as you know, that you can uh, pull out and use in a no disqualification match. So if that is what happens, and I really hope it is now that I'm kind of talking about it, I'm kind of getting myself excited. Yeah. You explained that like to the T to where I would want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so I, I would love to see that happen, and uh, and that's the kind of that's the kind of payoff that w- that would be appropriate for this type mm-hmm. of storyline that's been going on months and months on end. So, just a little bit of an idea there. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of expecting. You know, so like I said, you hit it to the T, so that's where I'm kind of my flow is. Yeah. Well, we can go ahead and transition here into another episode of In Zane with Sami Zayn. But before that, Sami Zayn comes out and he mentions that long before his jackass fame and before he was a famous celebrity for beating the hell out of his own body, that Johnny Knoxville actually started out by testing self-defense weapons on himself. And that includes like a, a cattle prong and nightsticks, 
literal uh like you know the ones that police officers have there's even handcuffs there there was a lot of weapons and Sami Zayn is trying to prove a point by saying that anything that Johnny Knoxville can do Sami Zayn can do and that I mean I understand you know you're a world class athlete you're a professional wrestler but Johnny Knoxville is not human you know Johnny Knoxville is not somebody that you just want to say I can do everything that you can do like let this guy take his shirt off and I'm sure he has some bruises on his body that are literally never going to go away he probably has some scars there probably a little bit deformed We've seen Johnny Knoxville take a beating, and that gray hair is a little bit uh deceiving whenever you're talking about things that this guy can do because he could probably still take a, a pretty hard bump, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, Sami Zayn picks up that cattle prong, and he starts to shock himself, or at least that's what we think. He turns it up, so or at least according to him, he turns it up to level two, and he shocks himself in the chest to get it like directly at his heart. But Johnny Knoxville comes out when he calls his bluff. And he says that the prong wasn't even turned on, and he actually turns it on and supposedly shocks Sami Zayn and throws him over the top rope and says, I will see you at the Royal Rumble. Now, Ashley, my girlfriend, she was over here watching this segment. She's a huge Nani Knoxville fan, a huge Jackass fan, so she was really enjoying this. I love Johnny Knoxville, and I love seeing him at you know here involved in WWE, especially in like a little program like this. Like I can get excited for this type of stuff. But I'm not a fan of him getting one of the 30 Royal Rumble spots. Like, honestly, I told you, it's a very important match. And, like, Xavier Woods announcing that he's not going to be in it. I was excited. I was like, okay, cool. We don't have to waste a spot on Xavier Woods. And I know he's a good wrestler, but he's not going to win. It wouldn't be believable, nor should it, if Xavier Woods were to win. So I want to have as many people in the match that I believe can win the match. Like, back whenever the New Day was Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods... Like any, like you knew that was three spots right there that were just wasted because no, none of them were going to win it. The Miz, anytime he gets a spot, you know he's not going to win. I mean, there's several other wrestlers that don't deserve a spot in the Royal Rumble, but they get it because they have to fill 30 spots. I just hope that we get at least a little bit of surprises this year. Like I don't, I don't want to just know all 30 entrants and just be, you know, not really aware of what the order is. I could care less about the order. I don't want to know who's in it. Like, let's just have that at least be a little bit of a surprise. But let's see. We can go ahead and move on here unless you have anything to add about Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Well, not too much on it. I mean, of course, there was a short little segment. I couldn't really put much to it besides, you know, Sammy, he did give me a little bit of a laugh, not going to lie. His little but he was shocking himself, yeah. Yeah, his little gig, I guess you could say, that he was doing over there, like throwing himself against the ropes. But, I mean, I kind of figured he's not hitting himself, you know. So, yeah, I mean, seeing Johnny come out, that was kind of cool. Like, hearing the theme song is kind of, you know, just yeah. takes you back. So, I mean, that that's cool. But other than that, yeah, we can keep it rolling. Yeah, it's definitely a nice touch. But what do you think about this next match we get here? Sheamus versus Ricochet. Another rematch. So that's three rematches that we got last week, but this one was pretty dominant. Like there wasn't really, I mentioned last week, I gave a shout out to Ricochet for him competing with big guys and actually looking competitive. Sheamus was just beating the hell out of him from what I remember of this match. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of noteworthy things other than Ridge Holland making his comeback. What'd you think about this one? Uh, didn't take much from it. I mean, I kind of just put two and two together. You know, that high-flying stuff that Ricochet is doing is kind of, like, becoming, like, a bad thing for him. He's either, like, flying into a knee, flying into yep. a kick or something. So I kind of don't see, like, the like the comparison between the two fighters. You know, it's, like, one big dude just, like, completely kicking 
other dudes ass, I guess you could say, you know. Yeah. It's just not really that good of a matchup as like mm-hmm. it, and we, I mentioned last week Ricochet holds his own against big guys, but he doesn't always oh, yeah. win. And if you give him the same big guy two weeks in a row, I mean, last week he he competed a little bit, but this week it really wasn't even close. And like you said, mm-hmm. him throwing caution to the wind does kind of cost him. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here. It's what happened last week whenever he bounced off the rope right into a bro kick. So that's yeah. a good little that's a good thing to notice there and a good thing to point out. But yeah, not really a whole lot here. Sheamus gets the win. We can go ahead and move on to the main event. And this is the thing that, I mean, whenever this one started, there was like 25 minutes left. Go ahead. Before you do get into that, did you happen to see that uh, WWE 2K22 trailer? I didn't see the trailer, but I did see that the cover athlete was announced. But, yeah, I am definitely ready for that. So, WWE fans, March 11th, mark your calendars. We can get it down. Yeah, we could play if you want. If you want to come play me on the PS5, we could definitely do that. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. But anyways, I'm glad you pointed that out because they did announce that Rey Mysterio is the cover athlete, one of the worst-kept secrets in WWE. It was pretty obvious that Rey was going to be the cover, but the graphics in that game, that's one thing that, man, I feel sorry for the developers because – Every two weeks, they have to change their roster and what they do because they they have a roster set. You know, all right, we finally got it. We're ready to drop this game. It's the best thing, you know, in the past five years. And the WWE's like, sorry, we released five more people. Uh, is there any way you can go in there and delete them? I'm like, well, gosh, dang. Now we got to go delete their freaking move set. We got to go delete their entrance, all that stuff, you know. So. And then character changes. You know, somebody, I mean, Mad Cat Moss, are they going to put his character on the game? I mean, I doubt many people are going to be playing with Mad Cat on the game. Like, seriously, if you're playing with, if you're, if you have a WWE video game and you're playing with Mad Cat Moss as your character, you need to go, you need to be checked out by a doctor, probably like maybe a psychiatrist or something like that, (laughs) because you might have a little bit of problems because there's so many better options that you could be playing on that game. Likely some created guys, maybe some legends that you can download or buy, whatever it is. But yeah, if you're playing with madcap, bud, you're not going to stand a chance whenever we play this game. I'm just kidding. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to this main event. This was a long one. Like I was saying, this one started at like 835 central time. So I was like, okay, something, something crazy is going to happen here. Obviously they're not going to have these guys go for 25 minutes. And they win for about 20. Like, it was a pretty long match. So uh, I was actually surprised that it went that long. Back and forth, a few good spots. I liked when Seth did his suicide di- or suicide dive outside of the ring. And then Kevin Owens had his unique suplex-looking thing off the top rope. That was probably my favorite spot of the entire match. And then that run that Seth Rollins had towards the end of the match where he hit the stomp, and it looked like he was about to win before, you know, Roman Reigns comes out, hits the Superman punch on Seth Rollins. But this was weird. Like, this was like, like, I don't really understand why Roman Reigns went out there and did this because keep in mind, had Seth Rollins won the match and hit, cause he just hit the stomp, he was about to pin one of the Usos to win the match and he was going to get the Usos banned from ringside, right? That was the stipulation. Well, Roman Reigns goes out there and Superman punches him, gets the disqualification for the Usos. So Seth Rollins still wins. The Usos still get banned from ringside. Like, what did your Superman punch do? It just got the results happening a little bit faster. Like the referee didn't even have to count one, two, three. You just gave it to him. So that's number one. A little bit of a problem I had there. The logic really wasn't there. And they, they pointed it out, the broadcast team. They mentioned, well, now Roman Reigns just got his own cousin's banned from ringside. And it was just, 
like right then whenever they said that i was like okay so why did he do that then i mean is he that stupid like i mean it was, is brock lesnar right whenever he calls roman Reigns stupid like i mean it's just it was kind of a question for me i guess to, to say the least i didn't really understand the logic behind that and i know i might be nitpicking here that he just really wanted to go out there and not let his cousins lose he doesn't like to see his cousins actually get pinned one two three so the fact that he knew that was about to happen maybe he wanted to stop that like yeah screw it i'll get him banned and i'll fight you one-on-one but i'm not going to give you the privilege of beating my cousins i mean that's one scenario i could think but i had trouble figuring out why he did that do you have any idea uh, I couldn't really think of like too much, but the you know like how a couple weeks ago, maybe even like a good month ago, how Paul Heyman said that he was his special counsel and like he gives him the advice and stuff like that. Maybe that's starting to show on Roman's end, you know, like his decision making isn't isn't where it should be, top notch. I guess without Paul Heyman, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Then, <clears throat> I, like I I don't really see it as a problem either, you know, because. Think about it. Roman Reigns. You know, Seth Rollins. I think Roman's winning that, you know, in my opinion. So basically it's like he's proven himself. You know, Seth hard. Rollins. I, I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I know they, they've they been – they've had their feuds and stuff like that. Roman has never beat them. But I think it's going to come around. I don't, I don't see him losing the belt. Yeah, I mean, that, that's good. It's good that you have conviction towards that. You know, it's good mm. that you feel certain that way and you're confident because whenever the match comes and it's going on, you're going to be emotionally invested in that. Now, oh, yeah. I will say I agree. I don't think the title's coming off of Roman Reigns yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it would be smart, although Seth Rollins is a believable opponent for it. He's a good guy to take it off. Yeah. He's another heel. You want the championship to be on a hill this time of year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I will say, though, just really quickly, Rollins is running circles around him on the mic. Like, whenever they're, oh, yeah. whenever, whenever they're going at it verbally, yeah. Rollins just, he's so much more polished on the mic. And I'll give Roman credit. He's getting better. But, dude, Seth is just so believable. He's, in, like, he's, he's one with his character, you know? Like, he's, it feels like Seth Rollins, that's who he is. Like, if you were to see Seth Rollins at Walmart, like, he'd be wearing that, mm-hmm. that, that type of clothes, his wrestling boots, his wrestling tights with his hair slicked back being an a-hole you know roman reigns is kind of similar you know if you see him out in public you think he's going to be holding his universal championship not really letting you touch him anything like that but this is just really interesting this is this is one of the more exciting feuds that i can really get behind here and the fact that they are going back and forth i like i mean i I feel like i'd be a little bit more behind it if seth rollins was still on smackdown and they weren't having to break the brand split rules to get this feud if, if it was more natural and organic, like it came on SmackDown, then I feel like I'd be a little bit more like, all right, I'm here for it. Because right. the way that they're advancing, the way that they're progressing on this feud is they're having to break those rules. They're having to bring the Usos over to Raw, Seth Rollins over here to SmackDown to have a tag team match with Kevin Owens. Like, we don't need all that. You got Roman. You got Seth. The, the matchup's there for whatever reason. I mean, you already told us why it happened or whatever. But we're here, so let's just let them kind of have those verbal promos on the mic i'm glad they haven't really other than that superman punch they really haven't gotten their hands on each other yet roman and seth yeah so whenever the rumble happens it'll kind of be the first time and they'll actually get to beat the hell out of each other and these two guys have chemistry i think roman is going to win but man seth does have a a puncher's chance i guess you could say oh yeah i mean i would definitely wouldn't take anything away from the guy you know he's just like like you said he he's from the raw side you know like of course, there's something going on on that side. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. So I feel like he should be in the 
conversation about on that side. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Like what? Like you have Seth Rollins on Raw. Have him go after mm-hmm. the WWE Championship. But I mean, I guess that makes sense when you want to get this Brock versus Bobby stuff. And that alone, oh, yeah. get that one out the way. Yeah, that program alone is worthy for me to watch Raw. I just need yeah. to yeah. Uh, to find the time. Like I said, there's no more Monday Night Football. That right there is the thing. We had the last Monday Night game last week, so that is going to help me now. Monday's a little bit freed up, and I'll be able to get back on the Raw Raw routine. But that is the SmackDown review here. On the January 21st edition of SmackDown, I do want to thank you guys once again for listening. If you are a first-time listener, I hope that you will come back as me and John continue to get in the swing of this thing in this new format here on the SmackDown Review. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your weekly routine, and I hope that you will continue to do so. You can find me, like I mentioned earlier, on Twitter at Michael5Ritter, and also go check out the Football Function podcast on Instagram at football underscore function or just on Patreon if you prefer to listen to that stuff ad-free. But with all that plugging stuff out of the way, John, is there anything you want to say, any shout-outs you want to give before we close out this episode? I basically want to, you know, just close out the night saying, you know, have a good show and everything like that. I hope everything keeps going, like, in a positive way. Um, shout-outs, definitely give you a shout-out, man. Thank you for having me coming back. Matt, appreciate you for allowing me to do this, brother. Uh, it's definitely a, definitely a positive coming from you, you know. Uh, other than that, fans, feedback on me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Definitely don't want to disappoint anybody, so get back to us. Oh, yeah, guys. WWE Podcast fam, get at the mailbag. Let me know. I'll relay the messages. John's going to be listening, too, so he'll be able to hear you guys' thoughts as well. But definitely all the feedback will be much, much appreciated. So thank you guys for listening. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWEPodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.